You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I'm your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Just go to batmanonfilm.com, click on podcasts, you'll find the Batman Podcast Network that has a whole list of other Bat-related shows that also love to dive into other nerdy subjects we all love to frolic about in our free time. Batman Book Club is also on Patreon. If you like what's going on with the show and you want to help keep those generators running in the Wayne Manor study, just go to patreon.com slash thebatmanbc. Now, thank you for listening to episode 101, Golden Dawn. Joining me for this uh, special occasion, uh, he's making a miraculous return to the show. He's a fellow Midwesterner. He's the host of the Batman on Film podcast. He's the proud papa of one Ryan Powers, and he's also my Texas bunkmate. It's Garrett Greff. Garrett, hey. welcome back to the Batman Book Club. It's been a while. <laughs> it, is, it is great to be back. It has been a while. Um, Batman Earth One Volume Three. Is that the last time I was on? Or we did do Halloween? Did one? Halloween. Yeah, the Halloween episode. The annual. Ryan Lauer. Yeah. It is. It is the end of April, basically. Yeah. Why yeah. are you so popular that so many other people want to come on your show now? And there's no time for little old Garrett to go. You know, more than less than six months between appearances. I just man. I'm I apologize for that, my friend. It won't we won't have that big of a gap again. Okay. You never apologize for your success. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what episode number this will be. 101. I'm, 101. I'm 101. Under one Dalmatians, yes. I I have to follow up Lieber Mayo. You follow Lieber Mayo, yes. So like the centennial issue episode, <laughs> it's like Lieber Mayo 101. You remember Garrett? <laughs> He's back. Welcome all of you new listeners to the yes. Batman Book Club who yeah. were enthralled by the Libra Mayo uh, episode. You, you Track it down if good. you didn't listen to it. But yeah, strap in. We've yeah. got a Twins and Vikings fan right here that is just going to blow you away. I'm so Minnesotan. And uh, <laughs> man, we, you know, we didn't have snow today up here. Um, you know, we're recording this on April 20th. Um, but we had some yesterday, so, yeah. you know, there you go. You sent it to Indiana. You, no, ours was my, ours was two days ago. All in the, that mix, was something man. to wake up to. It was, it was wild. Good times. Good times. <laughs> How about it? God bless now, the Midwest. Before we hop into the book of choice today, I need to ask you because I mean, we talk every day. Sure. Yes. Yep. But I guess I, I haven't directly asked you, Garrett, what Batman have you been reading lately, aside from what we're about to talk about? Uh, recently, I've mm-hmm. gone back to pod, or podcast um, comics that we've discussed mm. on your podcast before. Mm-hmm. I did a recent rereading of um, the Batman Earth One series by Jeff Johns. And yeah, Frank. yeah. Um, and I also took a look back at Batman year one. 
And the reason I read those and I, Earth One was was a little bit more of a of a skimming. Um, I read, you know, big chunks of pages and then I sort of browsed and then I'd read a bit. And I was looking for passages mm-hmm. you know, more than anything. And then I reread uh, Year One because I think there's a whole bunch of, of those books in the Batman. Yeah. And the Batman is a big deal and is out on um, HBO Max now as we're recording this. And I wanted to sort of like, I feel like I'm getting these vibes. Let me go check this stuff out. I have not read anything recently released in the Batverse in some time. I'm trying to think back Gasp. to the last. I, you know, I, I was reading uh, Williamson's run on Batman for a while, and then I've fallen behind. I, I will catch up on that, especially there's, you know, the new creative team is coming over um, on the main title. And I've Batman Catwoman, I've uh, stayed current on that. I heard maybe it was the last monthly recap with you and our dear friend, Peter. Um, and it sounded like you boys were warming back up to that series again, the last time I, I heard you. So I'm glad, you know, some people are sticking with this. I've been a huge fan of that entire series so far. I know for some people it got a little bit uh, mushy there for a bit, but it's rounding back out to form quite nicely in my opinion. So some old stuff, some, recent but not new stuff and then a, a little bit of recent stuff and i gotta kind of get caught up on a couple titles i've fallen behind on that's a good blend yeah you went with, you went with the classic in year one you went with some newer stuff by the uh what do you want to say maybe he's almost like a almost goat material in the comics world jeff johns and gary and, frank what a great I mean, dynamic duo <laughs> i mean talk about Talk about some some gifted artists. Those are that's quite yeah. a superpower pairing. That's good stuff. Uh, yeah, Batman Catwoman I think has rebounded. Uh, we've got the big finale coming up next. Pete and I will talk about the most recent issue uh, when we do the monthly wrap up, which will be the next episode. Um, so yeah, you're you're doing well, Chum. You know, okay. Yeah. You're doing you're yeah. doing well. There's a there's a lot going on in the Bat world. Uh, but I would recommend because it'd be easy for you to um, get caught up. Uh, Batman One Dark Knight, the Jock Black Label oh, I've, book. I've heard good things. Two books out, one book left. And I think that one is June. Book three, the finale. Uh, you know, but yeah, that's just a recommendation. The other one I've been meaning to get caught up on um, is I can't remember if there's two or three issues out of um, the World Series or World Series, World's World Finest. Series. Yeah, uh, you know, it's the twins haven't been there in some time. Um, yeah. I think two go issues. twins. Yeah, go twins. Uh, Ninety one, baby, it's been a while. <laughs> um, Kirby Puckett. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, catch her back. Um, yeah, but uh, world's finest. Uh, I've I um, read the first issue and I haven't read anything else. So if there's one or two okay. more, I got to get caught up on. There's only another one now. They've gotten me because I love Dan Mora's artwork. God, He's beautiful. the He's the artist and he has done covers, but they've been slipping in. They did a Jason Fabic variant for the first issue that I snagged and they did, you know, my man, Tim sale. He did a variant for issue two that I snagged. It's gorgeous. Very, very nice. I'm really wondering who's coming up next. Lieber Mayo doing a variant for issue three. (laughs) It doesn't quite fit the vibe of that title, but I would like to look at it. 
I would I would love it, but I feel like he would have given us a heads up on his Instagram or something with it if that were the case. Get a so Jim I don't know, Lee maybe variant on that title. Jim Lee, maybe Francesca Francavia, maybe a jock, uh, Rafael Albuquerque. I don't know. I, I'm I look forward get to seeing Jorge who's got Jimenez on there, maybe. Ooh, yeah, right before he hops on the Batman. So uh, right. you're doing you're doing good work, Garrett. Uh, you always do. You know, you got to do the work. You got to put in your work. Otherwise, Definitely people won't respect you. Yeah. Peter Vera. Shout out to Peter Vera, who's just Peter. a pure walking puff of smoke today. God bless. <laughs> You're high uh, you holy made... day. <laughs> holy. Spirits, religion, darkness, all of that fits into the book of choice. So oh, let's yeah. just hop into what you chose. Batman, Golden Dawn. So, so Batman Golden Dawn, written by one David Finch, not David Fincher, people. Okay. Different, different dudes. I'm sure David Fincher could probably write one hell of a comic book. Right. Um, but David Finch, uh, illustrated by David Finch and Jason Fabic, was released in 2011 in Batman the Dark Knight issues uh, one through five. Uh, it's available, physical issues, trade paperbacks, hardcover, DC Universe, Infinite, uh, digital, and Hoopla. Uh, Garrett, for this episode, what version did you read? I read a uh, physical copy. I have a collected edition. It's Batman, The Dark Knight, Golden Dawn, Deluxe <sighs> Edition. It's a hardcover. hardcover. Nice. It's got the It's got the five issues of... Um, Batman the Dark Knight, along with a short Grant Morrison story and another David Finch. Let me just looking at now uh, Batman the Return number one yes. and Superman Batman 75. Um, those added stories that are not in, you know, the, mm-hmm. the Golden Dawn storyline totally tagged on and yeah. just entirely included in this book just to, you know, have a uh, an excuse to have enough content to make an oversized hardcover. Um, don't really have anything to do with Golden Dawn story, uh, but that's the version that I read. Excellent. Uh, what about yourself, Ryan? Well, second time, and it almost hurts that Pete's not here for me to hear. It's, it's been a while since I've gotten to grab some floppies. That's for you, oh, Justin Kowalski. I got nice. to go to my long box and grab my floppies from uh, years ago. So. Here are the Batman, the Dark Knight issues one, two, three, four, and five. Um, were those yeah, the only those were... five issues of Batman, the Dark Knight? Yes. And right. that's that was something that we we're going to bring up and, and talk about here soon of where oh, this yeah. fits in oh, the yeah. pantheon of Batman, the Dark Knight, the title. Uh, do you remember? So, this is always, <clears throat> and I asked um, writer extraordinaire, guest extraordinaire, Tim Sheridan, this is a professional comic book writer when he was on. Uh, a few episodes ago um cover date matching up with its release date it's very hard to find the actual release dates of single issues right at least for me so batman the dark knight number one says first issue january of 2011 you go to the back there's a a good old the same cover but batman's got a happy new year hat on and it says, Happy New Year. It's a zombie half. And it sounds as if maybe this came out in December or something. It did. It did. It did. Okay. 
Yeah. And I, so, I hate that because then I end up sounding not credible on my no. own show, but it gets difficult. And I'm like, Ugh. so it came out at the very end of 2010 and the front half of 2011. And you know what, Ryan, here's the deal. When you read uh, books, um, Glenn Whedon, for example, who has written a book on Superman and a book on Batman um, and the history of the characters and sort of movement through pop culture. And when he references when issues came out, he almost exclusively uses um, the cover date, not the actual date that it hit the newsstand because it's more yeah. consistent at different times in publishing um, issues were allowed to sort of rest on the newsstand a bit longer. Um, and where that date on the, the covers, you may know this, um, originated from is that was actually the pull date for the distributors to come back and grab that issue. So and at the end of January of 2011 is when they pull this issue back off the racks and send it back. Now that's yes. changed a bit over time, but that's how that cover date practice originated. That's why Garrett, I need shorter gaps of you being on the show. <laughs> yeah. You always bring the smarts. Now, do you remember, wow. sir, the first time that you read uh, this story? Um, yes, I, well, in its entirety, I do. I know that I read individual issues back um, closer to when it was, well, right when it was being published. Mm -hmm. um, in its entirety, I want to say it was Christmas of 2013, and I received this as a gift um, from my brother, and I read it for the first time, you know, sort of the, the whole series. For some reason, and I'm not sure if it was... Um, you know, speculation buyers just before the new 52 turnover hit bought up old issues. But I, I remember not being able to find, and maybe it just might be that my comic book shop at the time was buying fewer issues at the end of the pre-new 52 run. Um, maybe thought demand was down or, we, you know, we're, we're going to invest their money in, in buying a bunch of copies of the new number one issues, but I couldn't find it. Um, or, and it just kind of slipped my mind. So I hadn't read it, you know, end to end in its collected or continuous narration form until the hardcover came out, uh, which I think I got December, 2013. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I got the floppies as they came out. I read them as they came out. So in that 2010, 2011 oh, time period. So, oh, gee. Yeah. And then I read them. I feel like I read it maybe a couple times, put it in a long box and then just revisited this last year or 2020. And then still, but, but there's something about with this story that I kind of forget what happens. Yeah. Uh, when I go to, I have my it. thoughts so, on why that might happen, but okay. you know, that's well, well, let's just see here then, uh, sir, of all the Batman stories you could have chosen, why did you choose golden Dawn? Well, Ryan, um, one of, there, there's a there's a snarky answer and there's um well the real answer you talk give me two yeah i'll give you two two reasons drop them on me one dude you've had a hundred and now one issues of this podcast you got to reach a little bit okay. further to grab you know if you're looking yeah. for a storyline or a collected storyline you know we could we could do single issues you know till the cows come home Mm -hmm. But if you're thinking about storylines, man, you've covered a lot of them. Like what hasn't Lauer covered? Let me, let me look at my bookshelf. Let me think about, 
you know, what's in my mental picture of the Batman book club uh, library shelves and come up with where there's a gap. This presented itself as a gap. So that's also, I think this period of Batman publication is really interesting because um, for a very long time, you think about like the Morrison run and all the goofy craziness that Morrison did from continuity bending to, you know, Omega sanctioning and then the, 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 the trials of Bruce to get back. And now he's in the cowl and guess what? We're going to have an international super team of Batman. Like there's all this crazy stuff that happened um, just prior to the new 52 where they sort of threw out a lot of it. You know, Batman had his sort of like soft reboot and continuity, Um, but nothing that Snyder did directly referenced kind of where the end of that arc went when the new 52 started. So it's kind of some forgotten stories um, that haven't been really told before or, or aren't as well known as some of the major ones and then things we've gotten since the new 52. So one, you've already covered a bunch of books Two, I think it's kind of an intriguing period in time for Batman stories. Intriguing. Yes. Um, I was very excited that you brought this one up for the reason of, I do enjoy uh I don't know if you call this a deep pull, a random pull mm-hmm. sort of deal. Forgotten. Random, for sure. Yes. Yeah, r- random and forgotten. I really, I like those those stories. And um, if you've listened to all the huh, 100 episodes of the Batman Book Club, you would know that there is one episode that is the most frustrating um, book that I've ever talked about. And there's one that I didn't like. So the odds are pretty good that whatever you're going to, whatever you're going to choose, I'm going to like it. It just so happens I have these floppies. I do like this story. At this time period, I was buying. I wasn't buying detective comics. Uh, I was just buying the Batman title, but it was coming at the. But that was ramping up. They were just getting out fillers because Flashpoint was coming. Right. The new 52 was coming. We had, you mentioned of the return included in your hardcover that followed Grant Morrison's big ending of uh, Batman, the return of Bruce Wayne, uh, Batman and Robin. And I mean, final crisis was already done. I feel like there was some other inclusion, but maybe it was just those two. And the return was kind of like the epilogue for that while also showing like right before Batman incorporated started. Right. And it was like, oh, David Finch is illustrating. And this was kind of the first time I saw Finch's art, I think, was Batman The Return. I was a college kid. No, no, no. I was post-college. I wasn't making great money (laughs) (laughs) post-college. So I was sticking to basically just buying Batman comics. And But I liked Finch's art. And then it said, follow Batman The Dark Knight, a new series. I'm like, I can get in on the ground floor of this new series. I'm going to start. I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy every every issue. Only for them to say that this is only going to be five issues and then it's going to end because Flashpoint is going to muck up the entire DC okay, landscape. So I was trying to remember that. Was this pitch in advance of this is going to be a limited series? Uh, because like I remember I remember when, when it was going to be coming out, it was like, hey, like I imagine that going down like this, DC was like, hey, David, we'd sure like for you to continue having the opportunity to, to tell some Batman stories and draw them. 
And he's like, yeah, I wanted to be able to do whatever I want. And they're like, cool. Um, we'll give you your own Batman title. And he's like, yeah, that'd be great. Fantastic. Uh, you know, Batman, the dark Knight." And then it had so many, this is why Ryan, I've already worked my way all the way back to, we were just talking about, there were a ton of delays on this book, um, which kind of actually ended up with some of the, you know, Jason um, Fabok, Fabic, Fabic. All right, there we go. Jason Fabic. Um, you can always go the Batman book club code, Jason F. Jason F. Jason yeah. F came along and helped with some pencils. And there's a ton of inkers on this book because we had some of those delays. I didn't know if it was intended to be a five issue run or if it just kind of ceased to be um, when the new 52 started and the intention was there to have been more issues. This, so nowhere in these five issues does it say, you know, part one of five, one of part five, two of five. Yeah, right. it doesn't say that at all. But I remember coming across something uh, because I, I was intrigued on what this flashpoint is. And then once they started to promote the new 52 is coming and everything's going to restart. I thought that same thing in which if you do look Batman, the dark Knight title did start again at number one, as did everything with new 52. And part of what you say, I remember now of the delays was because I think this was Finch. So Finch was at Marvel. I think he left Marvel for DC and to do this, um, but like the, the writing and illustrating part, I think was the reason for the delays. Sure. And then Favic, he came into this, for those who don't know, uh, he came into this in issues four and five. He'd prior to this, he did two issues of Superman Batman, which were his first published works, uh, 70 and 71, I think, which was in 2010. So earlier that of, yeah, so in 2010. So he was new to this. So maybe that, you know, is partial reason a uh, mm. new guy on the book. I don't know. And then Finch was supposed to be, I think, right in draw for the new 52 series. But Paul Jenkins came in and yep. co-wrote. And then I think Finch left pretty early on. Um, I read I need to reread that series. because I think all of that's on DC Universe Infinite. But there is actually, I think it's around like the issue 16 point. There's a Mad Hatter story. And uh, speaking only of the art presented on the page, Ethan Van Skyver uh, drew it. And I think that was a good Mad Hatter story. Maybe Greg Greg Hurwitz wrote it. Um, I don't know, but uh, I know that you don't get a ton of them, right? Like there's not a ton of Mad Hatter stories out there. So you kind of have to enjoy them when you get them. Yeah, so I know that's not the point, but I know that I want to revisit that title because I thought it was pretty hit and miss. And the Mad Hatter story actually got me where I was like, that's a pretty good story. But anyways, as far as this book goes, so it's kind of a self-contained. And I think because, sorry, but that time period, like of that front half of 2011, I mean, Tony Daniel was on Detective. He did a uh, sensei story with Dick Grayson as Batman. Which was pretty, that one was pretty good. But then after that, it just kind of felt like there's a bunch of filler stuff between that. Snyder Snyder was, he was done with his Black Mirror. He was going to be on New 52. Had been announced. Right. So it's just kind of like, that is kind of, I feel like a forgotten era in comics because it was just, let's just get shit out until we get Flashpoint resets everything. Flashpoint was the main event at the time. Everything else was just kind of like, right. And if in the more, you know, we learn, um, and, you know, 
some some of the creatives have opened up about that period of DC history. Like it was kind of messy, you know, behind closed doors. It was like, um, we're doing what and okay. (laughs) What are the ground rules? Oh, there are no ground rules. The Batman editing teams, like we're keeping our continuity and we're going to find a goofy way just to have it all compacted over like five years. And the Superman team is like, well, no, with Superman, we're going to do two different books and none of them are going to have anything to do with what we did before. And then Wonder Woman's off. To, it just it was all over the place. There was in no... Batman. I mean, Morrison's sitting there doing this huge epic story, and he's got Batman Incorporated. Eight issues come out, and then this the the reset happens, which is then like, okay, so wait, what's going on with the continuity of Batman Inc.? And then it just right. kind of became not volume two issue, whatever, or you know what I mean. And, and it that I remember that kind of being a mess because I was like. I don't know what the hell is going to happen here. Okay. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Right. It was wild. So, what a time to be alive. What a time. And, um, you know, so within that, in, you know, when we talking about the story here, I think there, there was this period where, you know, from an editor standpoint, editorial standpoint, and from a, a writing standpoint, there just wasn't a lot of clarity around where do we go with these characters? Mm -hmm. What do we build? You know, should we tell some miniature one-off stories that aren't maybe going to, um, you know, continue on for obviously dozens and dozens of issues because there's this impending, you know, major event that's going to really shake things up and, and, and cut things off. So reading this book is, is intriguing to me for a number of issues because you can kind of see, um, I think it's one of the reasons why I asked about if it was ever announced as a five issue series, like some plot points in here that just floated off to the ether. They were, you know, fl- flash disrupted yeah. the timeline and they cease to exist after you get to the last page of issue five. However, you're reading issue five. That is a great point because overall, I think I can just say I like this story. Period. I also think this is a bit of a mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. So on the same that, page. Okay. Cause and that's what made me made me smile. Uh one of the reasons when you chose it, because I was like, I've never, as much as you and I have talked, we have never talked about this story. <laughs> mm-hmm. We've never referenced it, brought it up or anything. So I'm like, I have no idea how Garrett feels about this story. Right. And go figure, not only are we in roughly the same section of the country, we're also on the same book on the same page. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the other thing that I like about it, and then for listeners out there that haven't read the book yet. um, We're going to spoil it. (laughs) We're going to spoil the heck out of this thing because there's no other way to talk about it. By the way, it's been out, you know, a decade years. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, come on. Um, You sort of get a Batman kidnap heist featuring well-known villains in the story, like the front half of it. Mm-hmm. And the back half is this supernatural Batman story um, that uh, hints at at least, you know, this existing um, demonic cult that's existed in Gotham for decades and decades, maybe longer, who knows? And those two things kind of mashing up together 
um, is an intriguing idea. You don't always get a lot of supernatural Gotham in Batman comics. GCPD drama that goes nowhere. Dude, that, so that, that's one of those things, right? Yeah, plus you get Gordon in here. Plus you get a precocious kid that has nothing to do really with the story at all and goes nowhere. Um, but And also a long lost childhood best friend slash love interest, former girlfriend and potential current um, love interest that we haven't interacted or heard from before. So there's a lot a new commissioner on. was did Forbes become the commissioner of or just the lead of the, the head of the case? Kind he of kicked Gordon out of his office. Kicked him right out of the office. But I don't and, think he was ever actually promoted to commissioner. And we got to see Gordon pissed and then nothing. That was the end of that storyline, too. And also <laughs> a return of Venom, this time in a diluted street drug form. So, like, there is so much going on in these five issues it's not all great it isn't all great it isn't all necessary fulfilling because there's there's you could tell there's threads for storylines that there was never a chance to pull together but this you know love interest kidnap heist slash supernatural storyline is an interesting concept to me and you don't get a lot of supernatural batman you save that for other characters Oh boy, it's almost like where do we even start? You mentioned really some of the characters, which was also pretty wild in this. Um, Killer Croc. Yep, he's there. Penguin. Sure is. Etrigan. Yep. Ragman. Not, he's not rhyming in this one. He's not. It, yep. uh, Ragman. Ragman. And uh, Lady Blaze. Yes. I'm unfamiliar with Lady Blaze. I have limited exposure to Lady Blaze. I think yeah. in this, at some point they just started calling her Blaze. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in here it's just Blaze. Oh, you really? look her okay. up and, and I see Blaze plus Lady Blaze. So I'm just, I, I don't know. So uh, been around. Red skin devil lady. Yes, red skin <laughs> devil go. lady. Yeah. And then as you mentioned, Gordon briefly, Bullock briefly, this, this little... Uh, Dick Forbes briefly. Um, Forbes. Alfred from the cave talking to a kid that we don't know. This childhood friend we've never met before. And uh Don Golden, mm-hmm. which is always Golden like, Don. Not Golden Don. No. Good catch. Uh it's I mean, it's just that alone is kind of wild, especially as the story plays out, because it's like Croc kidnaps Don for Penguin, but Ragman is going to take her, but she'd rather Killer Croc take her because mm-hmm. the Ragman's going to take her to her dad, who the is also man. in cahoots with the Penguin. Yep. And she just doesn't want to go to her dad because he died a long time ago, but he tried to kill her because... He, she needs, they need her soul or her body yeah. for the devil. Are you, are you following me here, people? Because yep. all that's what's going on in these five issues. And it's kind of like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> no and, pun intended. You know, and also at one point, I think Ragman is her father. Like not Ragman as we know Ragman. Yeah. He disguised he, himself as Ragman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disguised as Ragman. Um, 
um, plus a kid is being forced or blackmailed to steal the Batmobile by people unknown. Um, and the child is the daughter of a former Wayne employee who is now having financial difficulties. Um, and Alfred helps her kind of, and she also partners with Batman at the very end. Like <laughs> yeah. there is so much, <laughs> like there's so much Whoa. wild stuff here. <laughs> and I bet listeners right now are like, okay guys, well, why the heck are you guys talking about this on a podcast? This sounds like a mess. And I think Ryan, it was one of my, one of the things that, you know, I think this is an overlooked collection storyline, whatever you want to call it. And I think even those, uh, those of us who have read it can't always like, Hey, let me scratch the old thinker. I can't remember exactly what goes on in this book because there is so much random stuff that happens and there's so many new characters that are introduced. So um, we mentioned, you know, all these, but a good chunk of them are new. So um, Alistair, the leader, the evil leader of the cult and um, Don Golden's father, Don Golden herself, Um, Mira, the child that wants to steal the Batmobile, her father that we don't know the name of, uh, Lieutenant Forbes that we've never interacted with before. Um, There's like a lot of new stuff that just exists in this story. It wasn't around before and there was nowhere to go after and it wasn't included in the new 52 or rebirth. So it's only here. So if you read this and it's like, Hey man, this is kind of a big goofy story. There's some interesting things going on, but it doesn't include characters that I'm familiar with. Um, they're new to me and they, it, and those characters didn't live on past this story. It's probably hard to have this cemented in your brain yeah. as like, Oh man, I under, I remember that one. And um, yeah, that, that's really hung with me. It kind of becomes an enjoyable if somewhat disposable Batman story. Boom. I was going to be my follow-up is Garrett, Dr. Grev, why do <laughs> you think this is a story that I kind of forget what happens yeah. every time I go to reread it? And I think you kind of uh, nailed it there because it's so weird that there's something where there's so much going on and yet you don't remember it, but it is because it all just so kind much. of goes off into La La Land in a ton of directions but something that i think is done well is there's a missing socialite and batman's trying to find her heck yeah and then you peel a couple of those layers off of that onion and there's the oh she was a a childhood friend and i do think what was capitalized on really well is it works in the attachment to her, even though this is a character we're just meeting for the first time, they they kind of nail nail home the the part of Bruce's latching on because that was like one of the he, she's attached to this was right before my parents were murdered. So that's a I think that somehow Finch did a good job with that of getting us to understand a little bit of the importance of this character. Yeah, I think so. And, and one of the critiques I remember seeing of the book was like, you know, when you when you read through it, we don't ever have a adult Bruce Wayne and adult Don Golden scene. They're never together as Bruce True. and Don. 
Yeah. It's only ever Batman and Don. And I remember a criticism at the time because I, I feel like this was kind of trendy to hate on for a little while. And I think it's much yeah. better than that. Listeners might not get that impression so far, but I do think it's much better than that. But I think to your point, it, um, it anchored why this was a personal mission for uh, Batman and Bruce mm-hmm. and why he was willing to like sort of save her at all costs. And Finch writes a really um, pretty lovely passage of the two playing as children involving this kite that, that um, Thomas and Martha have given Bruce. And, um, you know, he would fly that kite uh, while Don was over with him. And it was this period when his parents were alive. It was just after they came back from Europe, but before he died and was in care of, or before, before they died and he went into the care of Alfred forever. And his connection to Don then became romantic over the years, but it was really rooted in this spot of children. Don with a, what we learned to be uh, just a, you know, abusive satanic father um, and, you know, the challenges and trauma that would drive uh, into your life as a child. And Bruce as a child of, you know, losing his parents and becoming an orphan tragically. So I thought, I thought it was a really smart choice actually to give it the emotional heft as opposed to just some socialite in Gotham and what does Batman do? He saves people. It, it, it ties this to a personal level and anchors it to sort of the psychology and, and trauma of Bruce, which was quite nice. Like one of the, one of the finer storytelling elements, I think in the story. Yeah. Another thing I didn't that we didn't mention that is interesting that they introduce is this amulet that is uh dawns yeah batman finds it he's in the iceberg lounge is confronted by penguin and his goons he has a great i I think a great scene there of how he gets out of that when i mean of course and it the issue one ends a bunch of guns pointed at batman as he's stuck in a room and it's like how's it gonna get out of this well you know he's gonna because he's batman and he does a pretty spectacular fashion but he the he goes beyond vengeance on penguin and just starts snapping his limbs on purpose. Yeah. Goes wild with it. You end up discovering that he went crazy when he had the amulet in his possession. Right. So you think, wow, okay, where are we going with this? Don't know. Nowhere. They just drop it. It gets like, mentioned later in the book when he's like, you had that amulet your whole life. Because Don is talking about, you know, her, um, she wasn't proud of the way she was behaving and she was like, became this sort of vapid socialite that didn't care about anything. And he's like, well, you know, you're dealing with the effects of that amulet. I just had it on me for a little while and it made me go nuts. Like, you know, you got to give yourself a little bit of, of credit here. You know, you were under this influence for a long time. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's that then. Yeah. Like, okay. Huh. I was like, I was, I was a little interested in this of, you know, it had, loose connection but the the denny o'neill venom story i mean you could almost say a little bit of that he's got something in his possession and whatnot right. and he, now he's like goes be way past his his line he crosses his own line i'm like okay that's an interesting plot thread and it takes killer croc coming in and uh bashing him from behind to kind of like knock him out of it but then we don't do anything with it after that and it's mm-hmm. i mean and that just I think that's what we get repeatedly in these five issues are elements that start off. Okay. This seems interesting, but then we don't do anything with it. Well, and and Finch does a, like it, it, he is, I think of these individual 
concepts and ideas, I can't say I dislike any of them. Like almost everything he throws at us. I'm like, oh, that's fun. Venom as this like um, diluted or or sort of poisonous, you know, kind of harmful, um, not quite as powerful as the juiced up Bane Venom. But this street drug of venom is out there and Killer Croc's dealing it. Killer Croc's on it. And it's making... Oh, yeah. And all these poor homeless people are getting murdered and eaten and shit. And it's like, oh, cool. What's going on with that? There's a demon (laughs) out there. What's the demon doing? Demon stuff, man. He's just out there doing demon stuff. There's a cult around and uh, Edgerton's around. And they're like, oh, yeah, Edgerton's around? What's new with him? Etrigan? Yeah. Like he, I was about I say Edgerton? Saying Joel Edgerton, Joel, like Je- Je- no, Etrigan. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe I did. Joel Etrigan and stars as Etrigan. He's in there. Like he must have been pretty young. Wow, Surprisingly, he's looked the same age for a while. <laughs> but Etrigan's in there. Like, what's new with Etrigan? You're like, well, he doesn't rhyme anymore, and he lost a bunch yeah. of his powers. And you're like, oh, that could be intriguing. What's up with that? Don't know. <laughs> like, I don't. He's know. got this scantily clad girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh who drops him pretty quick. And then he's like, all right, Batman, I'm going to rhyme again. And we're going to fight some little mini demons. Yeah. A bunch of them. And that's where we're going to end, which is you bring in Etrigan. So he's the cover of issue number four. Right. He was introduced in this story before that. I'm not an Etrigan fan. No, I don't. I don't like him. No, he annoys me. It's surprising. No one. My favorite version of him is Batman Damned, Brian Azzarello and Lee Romeo, sure. because he's a hip hop artist underground. Right. And to me, that was brilliant. And it made total sense. Otherwise, I mean, it's just it's dipping into stuff. I just I think it might be the rhyming. I'm just not really an Etrigan fan. So and I always know that he pops up in the story, but then I, I forget that he doesn't rhyme. And therefore, I'm kind of like, OK, <laughs> like, <laughs> he's more tolerable. Uh, this way with me but then also it's just kind of i mean i love how you put it early on of like the front half is a kidnapping story and and then all of a sudden the back half is so many things and we've got demons and cults and uh she devil and etrigan the demon and they're a couple but they're not and there's no rhymes then there's rhymes and then there's like there's it's kind of bananas uh Edrigan's Edrigan is or Edgerton's involvement, they works for the story. Uh but also like I don't know. It's weird because you just said it. How you just said it um there's a lot, but you even the stuff that it's just like just doesn't go anywhere. I still don't I wouldn't remove anything out of this for no. some reason. <laughs> no, like I think if there is this is a pretty quick read. You know, you can sit yeah. down and read this thing. And I read uh, it all in like an hour and a half tops that I wasn't expecting to. I just kept picking up the next issue, read it probably like an hour, actually. Yeah. I mean, I think you could sit down and burn through the collected edition in 45 minutes pretty easily. Um, you know, maybe with a little bit of a clip to it. But I think there is a, you know, much longer like if this was to fill out instead of a five issue arc, a 12, you know, 15 issue arc, you could get all of these points that Finch brings you through 
um, instead of going from, you know, I've got idea A, B, C, D, and E, and we're just going to hit them all in a row, whether or not it makes total sense uh, as the reader to kind of follow along. Why are we going here? Okay, this makes sense to like flesh out the distance between A and B and B and C. Like mm-hmm. all of these ideas are good. They're all fun. They're all intriguing on some level. I, the, even the stuff that didn't go forward, I found myself being like, man, that's right. I wish I would have had a chance to figure out with what's going on with this Lieutenant Forbes guy and why is he such a jerk and how's Jim going to make sure he gets his job back? And who is this kid that stole the Batmobile? How are they able to steal the Batmobile besides the fact that their dad works for Wayne Enterprises or worked? Like these are storylines I would have liked to see continue. How did uh, Etrigan lose his powers? How did he get them back? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. There's, like there's some details in there. I would have loved to have some more time with this story and um, in a different world without the dis- delays and without the impending new 52, there probably would have been room for that. Um, and maybe Finch just is like, Hey, I've got this collection of like five or six ideas for Batman. I'm going to plug them into these issues, no matter um, whether it totally works or not. We're resetting um, the universe. Who gives it? Right. <laughs> but that's one of the reasons why I think this is a worthwhile book to read. Um, I don't know. Maybe listeners out there are feeling like these guys aren't really selling me on this. I would check it out because all of these individual um, concepts are fun. It's really goofy to see them slammed up together. And you get a good feel of what was going on at DC in, in 2011 as they were getting ready to hit the reset button by giving this book a read. Like, oh man, we're just rushing through stuff to get to the big event, huh? Just we're filling things up. The best thing I can say about it, besides having fun ideas, is you will never regret looking at this book because it yeah. is really, really well drawn. It's a gorgeous book. Visually. That was my next. Yeah, that's where I was going to hop next. Um, I was probably going to mention that there's somebody listening is probably like, guys, this is your follow up to Libra Mail. I know. right? And I'm like, yes. You brought Garrett back on. You guys go. complained about a book for an hour. The art of David Finch. David Finch, he does good work. Uh I fully agree that you don't get bored with what you're looking at at all. That definitely helps the somewhat messy uh, story unfolding is that the art looks great. And then even when Fabic jumps in and issues four and five, I mean, that's almost a seamless transition. I I never notice it. I never do. So fun backstory of Jason Fabic because I'm a big fan. I've been a big fan of his since he came on the, the Batman scene. Um, he actually, he lived in the same, he, he lived in the same town as Finch and sent him a portfolio and Finch kind of mentored him and helped him like, like almost like a boot camp. I think is what I saw it say online. Sure. Um, teaching him with a lot of stuff and then uh, got him to send his portfolio to DC. And I think Fabic said before that Jim Lee is like his favorite artist. If you look at Jason Fabic's art, it is an amalgamation of David Finch and Jim Lee. I mean, uh, that's, I mean, and that's high praise, you know, like yeah. that's say you, what you want about, you know, 
the old um, criticisms of, of, of a lot of what used to happen at, at, uh, at Image and then Top Cow, where every panel's a pinup and you don't see a lot of action or emotion. It's just all sort of stage splash pages shrunk down to fit panels. I mean, give me that stuff all day, every day. I think it's gorgeous. I love yeah. that, you know, like give me some scratchy lines and thatching, you know, like I, I love it. I think it works fantastically. And fabric is really, really developed And looking at it. It's fun for me when I remember that it's fabric um, and I can go back and look at it for growth from something like what he did recently with the three jokers. Uh, compared to, you know, this as some of his early published art. And you can definitely see that he's grown. This is still very, very good, but he's refined his craft and his skill where it is not, it is not, um, it's not a stretch to mention him, you know, alongside of a name like Jim Lee at this point, like he is, he's become that good. But even here, you know, a decade plus ago, you know, he, he was able to not be a distraction filling in for David Finch, who's, you know, a really, really strong penciler. I think the difference that you can tell if you look closer is in the inking. Uh, the first three issues that Finch drew were inked by Scott Williams. And Scott Williams, mm -hmm. his name may sound familiar because he, he I think, was always partnered up with Jim Lee. Yes. Um, kind of like how Brad Anderson, it seems Brad Anderson's always teamed up with Jason Favic these days. Uh, they were together for three jokers, but then he's uh, Anderson's also been uh, with the Jeff Johns, Gary Frank team. So he's on all the earth one books as well. Uh, in the, in this story for the two that Favic did, it's Ryan Wynn and bat B A T T. Um, sorry. I have not heard of either of you. But I think you can you can sense a little if bit. If you're of listening, a, you know. Yeah, sorry. Well, they are. I know Ryan Wynn. It's a Ryan thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We seek out other Ryans and just listen to their podcast. No matter that this, yeah. I got sucked into a My Little Pony podcast last week. But the, the convention every September always insane. sounds really interesting. I can't yeah. wait to hear more about it. But I mean, back to your point on like on the art. I think that yeah, the book is is great to look at. Um, helps make the messy uh, story yeah. easier to just accept yeah. and move along. It's like, yeah, sure. Okay. Well, there's a bunch of these little, God, what are those critters called in Chamber of Secrets? Harry Potter and Chamber of Secrets, the little blue guys in the movie and they, they fly around and they freeze. Oh, and freeze. Uh, yeah. It's like, yeah. it's a bunch of overgrown those fellas. Sure. All over the place. They're jumping Again, around, it's like, trying to catch it. What the shit is happening? There's a bunch right. of little demons running around here. Little baby blue devils, you know, all over the place. But eh, it, it, it works. Uh, I was going to mention, it gets a little demented and also a little bonkers that Penguin ends up confessing why he kidnapped Dawn in the first place. And it seemed that Dawn and her friends asked penguin and others as dates as uh to a, a a gathering as a way a form of humiliation yeah but it's really strange because we hear that from penguin's mouth only we see nothing no evidence and it's like that's the only and then i don't know it's like 
I don't, it, it's weird. And what are you trying to make us think about Don Golden here? Because we get the flashback perception of her, the moments with her and Batman, like, and then out of nowhere is just like, hey, yeah. But she was kind of she's kind of evil because she made fun of the penguin. Yeah, we were all jokes. Then they were bringing us to this like ball uh, of you know grotesque dates who could get the ugliest date yeah and he you know i said like oh you know she talks about how she didn't like who she was after leaving her father and yeah i think that's when batman's like well you know you had that amulet for on you for a long time it kind of made you a jerk that's not your fault (laughs) and then they're like oh yeah the amulet that's right we need to say something about the amulet that old chestnut yeah yeah it's you know in all these things as we talk through them I think it's interesting. It's an interesting um, storyline. If you think about it as being a collection of vignettes more than an overarching story, you're going to enjoy, I think most of these little vignettes, Batman fighting, um, you know, all the little blue little demons from uh, Harry Potter, uh, whatever. (laughs) Like those are a fun few pages. The opening sequence is incredibly strong, in my opinion, with Batman uh, tracking down Croc and then, you know, the introduction of of Venom. There's going to, you know, there's this like horror comic of five pages, you know, probably overall of uh, these homeless guys that are getting hunted by a demon. It's like all of these little chunks are fun to read in the chunks. They just never quite find a way to meld into a a strong, cohesive story. But guess what? The art is there to save the day. <laughs> so if you like these interesting little vignettes and you want to look at really beautiful pencils, you and, go read this book. And if you like the Cornish Pixies from Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, they're there. They're pixies. Check out Golden Dawn. Yeah, I'm telling pixies. you. I gotta say, I need to. I need to uh, ask Pete, our pal Pete, what he thinks of Penguin in this. That's kind of a grotesque looking penguin. It is a, a very strange mouth and uh, tooth design. Um, he has got, I, I, I know the intention is to show that he is uh, balding, but it looks like he's got a mohawk on an, in yeah. a number of, of shots. Like it's just a very sort of like edge forward um, little mutant penguin rather than like a dapper little, you know, plump gentleman or a, more grotesque mob boss like it's it's a it's a very unique presentation for penguin he's a proprietor (laughs) (laughs) i got you i got you uh fabius are there any other i mean i think all my notes we've we've hit everything is there anything else that you want to bring up um i would say um i don't i haven't read like i'm not like a i'm not going to start my own um etrigan book club podcasts yeah but i do i cannot give you the seal of approval from that i will not sanction this buffoon i I will not no (laughs) but i i actually do enjoy uh batman and etrigan together you don't always get a lot of them um but that's a fun element for me uh i i i don't know um if it makes me want to go and run out and get more but i think that pairing is nice you know batman um detective logic science plan and then rhyming demon guy yeah <laughs> that's just yeah. kind of fun to me i do know he's in uh 
your your baby child uh ryan powers's favorite batman book widening gyre yes he is in that one and then i think i can see smith, it now kevin I, smith loves etrigan he talks about etrigan like probably more than anybody else uh, and then um maybe it's the collect norm bray fogel volume one collection where there's some etrigan in there i think okay. that might be it um i know he's popped up way more than that i'm just saying i'm trying to think of i know books that i've read he's popped in and so i don't know maybe i'll give him another shot sometime i don't know was he in um justice league dark war or whatever that one is called justice league dark doom whatever the animated um, i think it was just justice league dark but i'm probably wrong uh i only watched that once right when it came out i don't really remember much it's a lot of violence but i think etrigan was in it um justice league dark yeah okay i'll rewatch that though i I wanted to because i don't remember it um if you want to see uh animated intestines getting ripped out of superheroes that is your movie it's hard to find anywhere else yeah it's either that or invincible you know fantastic (laughs) uh garrett let me ask you a few questions now yes let's hit them number one what was your favorite part of batman golden dawn my favorite part, and this is actually a challenge for it feels for a book that I feel like I just spent 40 minutes crapping on the story of in some ways. It was actually kind of a challenge for me to check back and say, what was my favorite part? Not because I didn't think it was good, just because there are so many separate parts yeah. to this book. Um, but I do think it is the introduction. Um, sorry, it is not the introduction to uh, Don Golden. It is the section of the book after we go into current time and Batman is you get the, the narration of Batman on the hunt. He is outside waiting in the rain for someone to leave a building. This is going to be tough. And it turns out that it's killer croc. Uh, Batman quickly assesses that he is on, you know, that, that the new street grade version of venom and starts thinking through, you know, how does he physically, um, Croc is going to basically not be somebody he can take down just with old fisticuffs. And he starts talking about how to use things against him um, and uses something from the environment that Croc actually smashes him through against him to then knock him unconscious. I thought that was just like, oh, this is a great passage. This is just fun. Batman is hunting somebody. Batman's fighting somebody. There's a X factor that Batman has to account for. And he ends up uh, finding a way to be victorious because that's what Batman does. I, I think that's my favorite part of the book. It doesn't have as much to do with anything that the book's about. So take yeah. that as you will. But I thought that was just a really, really well executed few pages there. I forget what he said. Oh, so he, th- he threatened the, the quote unquote antidote for the venom that he yeah. threatened uh, Croc with. And it was going to and be worse than any withdrawal anybody had yeah. ever had. Like you'd rather die. He just, and then he's like his internal monologue. He just drank soda water and some food coloring. I yeah. like that. I like well that too. Uh, I got to say that my favorite part actually is, is that opening of issue two. I like, I really like Batman diving behind the desk and shooting his grapnel gun with this thing that's bouncing off because it just gets me of like, wait, what is that? As it's bouncing all over the place, oh, like, yeah, like some kind wire. of wire, and he touches it, and Penguin's like, "No, you idiot!" And then you see that it, you know, it ends up wrapping them all up or something. I really like his escape out of that situation. I, I really like that, and then him going up the steps. Um, that yellow oval hashtag team yellow oval. 
Oh, it's just glowing. I like yeah, that the in, the incorporated yellow oval, which is like the most yellow oval of all yellow <laughs> of y'all. Yeah, that thing that sucker lights up. How about a favorite panel? An even favorite, tougher decision. It I, it really is, and of course I know you're always going to ask this. Um, there is uh, a panel. Now I'm struggling to find it, Lauer. Oh boy, I should have known this was coming. Um, I had it marked, and of course my my mark came out. Um, it's right around the same. Um, it's within. So it's actually okay. I've got it now. It's a big splash page. Um, where it is, you know, kind of your classic. We're gonna end the issue. How's Batman gonna get out of this one? And it's it's Batman is on the right side of what essentially is you know two panels oh, spread. The end of issue one. Issue one is it the, okay? End of issue one before we get into the the escape and the wire zipping around at, at the part you were just talking about. Yeah. But you get like you know your your slick looking Matrix ish henchmen with their glasses and their yeah. giant guns. You get this goofy design of Penguin standing there, um, and then Batman's in the corner, and it's the you know our heroes in a corner what's he going to do? Like this could be a poster on a bedroom wall back when, you know, if you were, a, I wasn't a kid, I was out of college and working. Um, when this came out, might've been married. Jeez. I think it was married. Goodness. An old Lauer. Um, yeah. But this could have been a, a poster on a bedroom wall and the detail on the bat suits. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, all the way down to this like knuckle guard on the glove, you know, before you get to the scallops the detail on the utility belt. Um, I, I, I had forgotten that this incorporated suit, like ditched the briefs before, you know, ditching the briefs in the new 52 became the standard or continued on that standard, I guess. Um, I just thought it's a, it's a well, um, well-designed, you know, it's almost a, a double splash page. There's one small additional panel in there, but it's, it's visually imposing. I'm going to go to the opposite end of the book of, of that issue and go with the, the spread. It's similar in a way of it's almost a full two-page spread, but it's got that one bar on the left side um, where it has gonna, the Golden Dawn go- part one, but it's Batman oh, yes. in the rain, that uh-huh. yellow oval. Yeah, hashtag Team Yellow Oval. It, it's kind of funny because you, you've got that panel all the way to the left. It's like interrupting the two-page spread that you – it's like the complete opposite of what you just said for yours. Cause yours had the one panel on the right interrupting right. this full spread. So <clears throat> I some just really... place back in the day, if this would have come out in the late nineties or early two thousands, mm-hmm. that nearly two page panel would have absolutely been included in the middle of an issue of, of wizard, the guide to comics as the tear out poster and would be on. Oh you know, yeah. Bedroom wall for sure. <clears throat> for sure. I love it. Just because, I mean, it's Batman a little bit, you know, in shadow, in a storm, lightning behind him, and then that glowing yellow oval. Yeah. I think that's a great, yeah. that's a great looking page. Now, would you like to see this story adapted in animation? I would like to see elements of this story adapted in okay. animation. I think there could be a very good, you know, call it 68, 72 minute animated movie here. Um, I would like to see them ditch a couple aspects of the storytelling to be able to do it well. Um, I would probably say 
you know, let's cut through the chase of, of even though, as I said, it's my favorite part of the book, um, the section with Croc and Penguin, I think there would be an interesting animated movie here that just deals with uh, Batman slash Bruce, his childhood best friend, and then teenage love interest, um, who turns out to be the daughter of a cult leader who is trying to kill her in a ritual, and he has to save her, and go through all of that and bring in Etrigan and, and make it this demonic cult solely focused movie. Um, because I think, you know, so often when we see adaptations with where the DC animated movies kind of try to stick the landing on runtime, you're already compressing story elements. And this thing is, I mean, that's what it is. It's five issues of compressed storytelling elements that probably should play over a 12 issue arc. So yeah, give me Batman, Etrigan, Dawn, goofy, crazy cult. Um, and then like, you know, I can picture animated little blue demons flying at Batman and he's got to take yeah. them out. Like I would watch that for sure. Yeah, we got to we got to peel back. There's no room for Gordon and and Forbes. There's no room for little girls stealing the Batmobile. And I would be hesitant on Penguin and Croc. OK, how about you, Ryan? Would you like that one? Oh, or the or I'm, the opposite, get rid of Don and just do everything else. Uh, I could almost see this as a Justice League Dark movie. That's that's kind of what I was thinking. Like just a name it that. Yeah. But then it's like as I'm trying to think of okay, well, how do you work Zatanna in there? How do you work uh, Constantine in there? You know, sure. how do you work Swamp Thing in there? Something, and I'm like, I don't know because I feel like just Batman and Etrigan. And then I'm like, so maybe it's a Batman Brave and the Bold. Yeah. But then that's a that's a dark story to be a Brave and the Bold, I feel. What if you said it in the 40s? But okay, sure. You like go. you did a did a did a um period piece with this, and she is, you know, it doesn't have to be four, it could be 30s. I right? think some, around something like that 30s. could work for it. I and I wonder if and I didn't mention this, that I do applaud that this that this story ends in a, a tragic no. Yeah. All of this hoopla, no pun intended, to my favorite app. Uh, Let's say new sponsor. Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, all of this for Dawn, and then it is just like three pages before the end, she gets stabbed and dies. Yep. No, she's and gone. I'm like, shit. Yeah. And it'd be interesting if they did a movie on that and they left it on not only would you be like, what the hell with all of the meandering plot lines that don't get a punctuation at the end. Yeah. Um, also. What the, a downer. <laughs> Dawn gets killed and then it's just like credits. Uh-huh. And then it's Etrigan, the rapper. Yeah. He shows, or something, up, you know? shows up. He's dancing over the credits on the right side of the screen or something. Are your emotions feeling poor? Cause Don Golden is no more. You know, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I like it. I like <laughs> it. I like it. Uh, do you have any final thoughts, Mr. Grev, on Batman? I mean, if you've, Dawn? hopefully you've all stuck through us talking about how how sort of like goofy and detached parts of this this book is. Um, but I, I would still encourage you to read it. There's ways to read this thing. You know, you can get it on the app. You can probably find it on Ryan's Hoopla thing. Yeah. You can find <laughs> thing. You can you can find this online. They actually. I think they made a whole bunch of these hardcover deluxe versions you can find on sale out there on different websites. The art's great. It is a snapshot in time. 
of an uncertain period uh, creatively with the existing stories going on before a major, major relaunch that, you know, we're still feeling the, the ramifications of, of the new 52, even in the post rebirth world. So it's, it's worth reading. It's got good art. It's got good ideas that aren't always handled the best. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a fun, good looking Batman story. So don't, don't go in thinking it's the long Halloween and you know, you probably what is. I know. Right. You probably won't be disappointed by it. I think the story is like a C. The art is like an A. So it lands in around like a B. That's a B, a B minus. Yep. And you know what? That's good enough for me with a Batman book. And that's kind of what this, I mean, that sums up this, this story to me of, yeah, it's good enough for me for a Batman book. It's it not going to change my life. There's a reason I don't read it a ton, but I also do not dread rereading it. Yeah. So I think we had a, a good discussion about it. We recognize it by its fault, but, but I mean, we like it anyway. So um, yeah, track it down on all the ways that I mentioned at the top of the show. If you haven't read it before, uh, we just spoiled the hell out of it for you, but it's still kind of a, it's a trip. It it's is quite a, trip. a journey. And we um, didn't really talk through like in, in chronological order, how the story unfolds no. necessarily. So, there so you, you don't know. What, I mean, <laughs> it, it, quite honestly, there's a lot of this stuff that could, could get flipped and flopped all over the place. Just wait till you yeah. find out what happens in what order. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. But this, I mean, Batman golden Dawn, just, I, yeah, check it out. Uh, if you have an hour to spare and you want something you haven't read before. So uh, Garrett always, a pleasure having you on the show talking to you it. just in general it's fun being here i'm yeah, uh it's a great time I love, I love to talk i love to talk about batman so it works out really well thanks Absolutely. for having me on if for some reason uh these fine folks uh aren't following you don't know where you're entertaining them in other spaces in the world why don't you go ahead and let them know uh sure yeah i because i said i like to talk i'll let you know where you could you know at least type talk um we say type or type talk, talk. Yeah, type talk, colloquial talk, uh, internet talk with me. You can do that over on Twitter. You can find me at Garrett Wado. That is at G-A-R-R-E-T-W-A-T-O. You could also, if you don't just want to read words that I write, um, you can listen to words that I say. I'm the host at the, the Batman on Film podcast. Please check out the podcast feed uh, wherever you get your, your finest podcasts, including this one. Um, or go to batman-on-film.com and head to the podcast tabs and you can listen to me talk there too. Um, I was just recently on a episode of Comic Binge with Paul Herman and Jay Yaz. Um, we were talking about Batman, uh, talking about influences to the Batman. So if you'd like to check that out, I think that's up over on their YouTube page, um, Comic Binge. It was a good conversation. Um, you, we... Um, talked about a couple of the books that I talked about when you asked me what I've been reading lately. So there's that. Well, how about that? Yeah, look at that That's segue. Fancy. You had Fabulous. to go back an hour and 10 minutes to make that connection, <laughs> but it's all darn it, I did it. You did. Proud of you. Uh, fantastic. Give Garrett a follow if you don't already. Um, he he gives us some humdingers of tweets on the, in the old <laughs> Twitter sphere that can light up, light up the world. They, they go big when you wouldn't even expect it. And you're like, well, what yeah, do I do with crazy. this now? <laughs> and as he said he's uh invited me on multiple times to be on the blf podcast with him which is always fun uh check out the blf podcast because recently i was on there but garrett was not and 
Sean Murphy took his place. Yes, I know. The wow. one and only Sean ah. Murphy on the Batman on Film podcast with I, with I and gotta say it was an awesome conversation i'm not saying this just to rub it in garrett's face because he wasn't able to be there but it was an awesome conversation track that down and listen to it because sean is awesome but please make sure that you have read beyond the white knight issues one and two because he definitely talks about those wait one and two one at least and then he talks about the future but he does give a spoiler warning check that out but as for the batman book club you can follow it on twitter and instagram at the Batman BC for upcoming episodes, latest episode drops, and sometimes even some giveaways. You can also subscribe to the Batman Book Club YouTube channel where I have the video version of my conversation with the one and only Lieber Mayo up there in case you want to see our faces as we talk to each other. Um, make sure to track down the last episode, episode 100, if you haven't already, uh, to listen to Lee and I's conversation. It was a lot of fun. Big thanks to him yet again, because uh, he didn't have to do that. And he sat down and we talked for a while. It was great. Uh, you can email with questions or comments at thebatmanbc at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, there's a variety of ways you can do that. One is patreon.com slash thebatmanbc. Another is Public. If you want to support the Batman Book Club on merchandise and such, you can do that at tpublic.com and uh, type in tbbc for the Batman book club in the search. And there'll be a a list of different designs and stuff where you can order t-shirts, hoodies, notebooks, onesies for your youngsters. Uh, I don't know. What else do I got? iPhone case. If you want that case. Yeah. Why not? Who wouldn't? But if you want to support the show and you don't want to spend any money at all, it's hundred percent. A okay. You can do it by reading and reviewing on Apple podcasts. A link to the rate and review page on Apple podcasts is in the description of this episode. The more reviews the Batman book club gets, the more it helps spread the word. And as we all know, the word is panic. panic. So for Mr. Minnesota, I am Ryan Lauer. And until next time, read my Batman comics. Yeah.